everyone. This is Anastasia. And this is Lauren. You're listening to Wait to Panic, a podcast where two friends take turns trying to scare one another shitless. And this week, it's Lauren's turn. Yes, it is. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, we say that every week. And it's bad every week. And yet, here we are. <laughs> for you. <laughs> yep. We do everything for our darling listeners. Uh, uh, also for ourselves. We do everything for ourselves. We do. So, Anastasia. So, Lauren. What's your happy? Uh, I'm going to say I have two happies. Okay. Um, The first is we are almost at our one-year mark, and we are over 3,000 listens, which Woo! is so much more than I thought we'd be at. Um, And my second is that we are like two weeks away from closing on a house and the house hunting nightmare is over fingers crossed that nothing goes wrong in the last two weeks and cross all my fingers and arms and legs yeah i feel like i'm giving myself arthritis with how many joints i'm crossing (laughs) um but yeah it's it's been a whirlwind trying to like i know you can attest to it to try and Mm -hmm. find a house and ugh. What Something a, just always goes wrong. <laughs> what a terrible market it is right now. It really is. It's quite it's awful. But God awful. You're almost done. Almost done. Like so almost close. Done. Ugh. So close. It'll be fantastic. And you have a nice blank yard to do landscaping on. I'm gonna buy all the plants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't creepy at all. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm here for. But seriously, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy all the plants and all of that's going to be fun. Yes. But yeah, what about you? My happy is that I have a very snuggly Coda right now. You do. She has got that cuddle power strong today. She does. She's decided she just needs to hang out with me and I am not going to complain. I might complain if she starts swiping the keyboard, but hopefully well... that won't happen. She'll just taste sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's cross the fingers for all of the things. Yep. All around. Okay. Well, per usual, you want to talk about something terrible? Oh, always. I mean, it's basically just continuation of our Pinterest boards, so. Oh, yes. Might as well. To be fair, our Pinterest boards do have some fun things on there, though. Like, we've got our nice uh, random tool skirts and fun witchy spells things on there. Like, it's. There's a lot of jewelry, too. It's pretty eclectic, yeah. Piercings, fun things. Hair colors, so much hair color. So many hair colors. I still love my <laughs> blue hair. <laughs> I am very excited for your blue hair, and I'm excited for when I eventually actually take the plunge to do something colorful. I'm telling you, you got to get that rose gold hair gel. Maybe. We'll see. It washes but, out. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about terrible things, uh, how much do you know about Susan Smith? Big old goose egg. Perfect. Like, it sounds like a pseudonym. Oh, it, it is not. Is that the right word? Pseudonym? Yeah, like some, a, a false name? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it is not. Yeah. But you got the word right, I think. <laughs> if I'm not, whatever. I mean, you and I agree, so... Yep, eh? it's all that matters. Yeah. Okay, so Susan Smith, I'm going to leave out a lot of the intro normal spiel of, like, what we're talking about. Okay. Because... I want the story to unfold. Okay. You do you, boo. September 26th, 1971. 
Susan Smith was born in Union, South Carolina to Linda and Harry Vaughn, and Susan was the baby of the family with two older brothers. So, fast forwarding to 1977, when Susan was around six years old, her parents divorced, and only five weeks after the divorce, her father, Harry, committed suicide. Oh, no. Also, within a few weeks of the divorce, Susan's mother, Linda, remarried to a local successful businessman and member of the Christian coalition, Bev Russell. Bit poor taste after your husband's suicide, I would say. Yeah, that was uh, a little speedy. Fast? A little fast? At least let the yeah. bed sheets get cold. That's not for Linda, it seems. <laughs> All right, well, carry on. Yep. Okay, so we're going to fast forward a little bit again. So we're in Susan's teen years. So she was, not surprisingly, kind of a troubled kid. Um, Shocker. And I know after having <laughs> your father commit suicide when you're six years old, shocking you might be bothered. Um, yeah. So at the age of 13, Susan actually attempted to commit suicide. Yep, sounds uh, about right. She was not successful, luckily. Um, and she went on to enjoy quite a bit of popularity in high school. Um, she specifically had a lot of leadership opportunities, and she was the president of the Junior Civitan Club and was also voted friendliest female in her senior year. So hmm. the Junior Civitan Club, because I didn't know what this was. Yeah, I have no idea what um, that is. It's an international service club that trains young people to become builders of good citizenship in the home, school, and nation by developing initiative and leadership wow, characteristics. There we go. The goal is to encourage youth to live a fuller, enriched, but unsuff... I can't talk. The goal is to encourage youth to live a fuller life enriched by unselfish service to others and with a commitment to make the world a better place. I mean, I'm going to keep tilting my head until I just like slowly rotate upside down. Because it sounds so weird, and it sounds kind of culty. culty. Right? <laughs> so culty. I was, like, the entire uh, enriched by unselfish service to others, I was just like, hmm, yeah. sounds like you're telling people to ignore their own personal needs and cater to everyone else, which is unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. Susan was president of that. Um, Did she... And you can obviously tell me if I'm jumping ahead. Did her and the stepfather have a decent relationship? Just out of curiosity. We'll get like there. Right, of course we right will. Right now we'll get oh, okay. there. Like right now. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately. It's not going to be good, is it? While everything. It's not good. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, unfortunately, everything looking happy on the outside did not mean that it actually was. Of course. Of course not. Um, she was still. Ha Susan was still having a lot of trouble at home. What? So, no. Unclear on when this started, but minimum by the age of 16, Susan's stepfather, Bev, had taken an unhealthy interest in her and had begun to molest her. I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, so Susan, kudos, <laughs> reported the molestation to both her mother and the Department of Social Services, and her stepfather, Bev, girl. did move out of the home temporarily. But unfortunately, nothing further ever came of Susan's report other no. than a few sessions of, like, family therapy, and then Bev moved right back in. No, don't like that. What's worse, 
Susan actually caught a lot of flack for having reported from her family. Oh, that's bullshit. Mainly because, like, how dare you make this molestation public? That opens us up to all kinds of public <sighs> embarrassment. So, like, her mom was more concerned with being publicly embarrassed than with her poor daughter being regularly molested. And, again, really bad. The molestation continued, and the reports of how long it continued for are conflicting, but some say they lasted as long as up to six months before our main story, so approximately seven to ten years. Mm. <sighs> I... I already hate everything about that. It gets worse. Of course it does. Okay, so 1988, Susan is newly graduated from high school and she's working at the local Winn-Dixie grocery store. Uh, she started out as a cashier, but because she had developed her Civitan leadership skills mm -hmm. and was just generally a smart, driven cookie, she rose up through the ranks from cashier to bookkeeper pretty quickly. Um, she was also at the time maintaining two sexual relationships, one with a married man and one with a Damn. younger co-worker, and she was still being molested by her stepfather. God. Okay. Yep. Uh, so not overly surprising given the amount of sexual relations that were happening and the molestations. Yeah. Susan became pregnant mm. and had an abortion. Um, okay. So... She actually threw, after this abortion process for her, um, her, one of her lovers, the married man, ended their relationship, and Susan, having a very strong incapability to handle rejection, uh, attempted to commit suicide once more, and was again unsuccessful. Hmm. Okay. So, after Susan recovered from her most recent suicide attempt... Uh, she started a new relationship with a schoolmate and fellow co-worker at the Winn-Dixie, David Smith. So, David was engaged to another woman at the time, but he ended his engagement to date Susan. Wow. Okay. S strong decision. Yep. Um, not long after, Susan became pregnant again, and the two decided to get married. Okay. So, a few months. March 15th, 1991. Susan and David Smith got married, and they then moved into David's great-grandparents' house where they started off a life, but they didn't own their land. I don't they like were... how you started that. Oh, what? you said started off a life. God, I thought you said they started off alive. I was like, oh, no. Oh <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, that took a, a quick life. turn like, more than before. together. <laughs> okay. Yep. Nope. Carry on. Carry on. Uh... Oh, oh, God, Coda. <laughs> Scrolling. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, back in my notes. We're good. We've got this. We're professionals. Uh, uh, okay, so they moved into his great-grandparents' house where they started a life together. <laughs> um, the couple was mainly surviving on, like, drama and codependency, though, for the first few uh. months of their marriage. So only 11 days <laughs> before they got married... David's brother, Daniel, had passed away from Crohn's disease. Oh, that sucks. And it really does. And in the aftermath, um, David's parents really did not handle the death of their son well. Um, it Fair. was very difficult for them. Shocking that it didn't go well. Yeah. Uh, it's not something any 
parent ever wishes to have to go through. Also, Crohn's is so hard. Like, it is. It is not an easy disease to deal with. Yeah. Um, but unable to handle the pain that they were going through, David's father attempted and successfully completed suicide. Um, and his mother completely moved away from the city, went to start a new life elsewhere. I mean, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, unfortunately, but I get it. Yeah. So through all that, like, turmoil and just upheaval of their lives, like, Susan and David basically survived on comforting one another, working through a pregnancy, and all of the family drama in their lives. Yeah, that's healthy. Super. <laughs> so October 10th, 1991, Michael Daniel Smith, David and Susan's first child, was born. Now, every report says that they loved their child very much. I don't but... like how you're starting with this. <laughs> <laughs> but now that they had a child, differences in how, like, personal differences started to raise within the relationship. Like, they had mm. very different ideologies of, like, parenting, how to parent, yeah. and just what kind of lifestyle they should have, period. So Susan was much more interested in, like, expensive things, very material and if, like, she and David didn't have the money for something she wanted, she would go and borrow it from her mother. And in return, uh. she listened to what her mother told her about parenting. Oh. And just generally kind of followed how her mother was telling her to raise her child. Mm. Maybe not the best person to follow when your mother told you not to report molestation, personally. Yeah. But we Not necessarily choices. the shining beacon of parenthood there. Yeah. Um... So David, on the other hand, found his mother-in-law to be extremely intrusive, and he did not agree with the parenting methods she was encouraging Susan to use. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> so they, they had, like, very quickly a bunch of issues starting to flag up. Like, they got married quick, they were very young, and, like, for many reasons, this makes sense. Yeah. Okay. March 1992. This is only one year after David and Susan got married. David and Susan separate for the first time. Oh, God, there's more. So it was one of many separations. Um, and each separation and just their entire relationship was just completely riddled with attempts to mend, affairs, uh, back off and on like a motherfucker. Like they did not know how to just leave a light on or off. They were flipping that switch to make a strobe light. That was their relationship. <laughs> uh, the affairs really didn't help them make things better either. Like, oh no, that's leaving the switch half on, half off. It's it was all bad. That's just all it came down to is it was all bad. So only mm -hmm. one year in, they're having drastic issues in their relationship. Shocker. Yeah. November nineteen ninety two. Susan announced that she was pregnant with David's child again. So, obviously, some of the mending must have gone okay, because otherwise they probably wouldn't be having a new baby. Um, mm. But the announcement led to David and Susan reuniting again for a longer stint than normal. Okay. Um, they were convinced that if they, like, instead of, like, living in his great-grandparents' house this time, they were going to buy their own place. <laughs> That's what was going to fix the relationship. So they borrowed money from buying Mom. things doesn't fix it. Neither does having a baby. They basically did every stereotypical anchor for a marriage that you could try to try and lock things into place. <sighs> it didn't work. Anchor babies are a bad idea. 
anchor houses are a bad idea. Anchor anything. Bad idea. I mean, on one hand, kudos for... Trying. Trying constantly, but also just, dude, no one to fold them. Yeah, like, it just, it wasn't working. Yeah. It wasn't working. They they did not complement each other long term. Yeah, Sometimes no. that happens. Yep. Um, <clears throat> okay, so they, they bought the house. They settled in together. Susan was pregnant again. They had their first son. They were happy little family. Debatable. Except that after moving in... Susan just became more and more irritable and was constantly complaining about the pregnancy. I mean, really, can you I blame can't her? blame her. Bring pregnant like sucks. Like it sucks. And Again, I haven't had to be pregnant. I've never, just read enough about never it. Never intend to. But everything about awful. it sounds horrible. Terrible. So like, I I don't super blame her, but like, something about it must have been to the level of like abnormal. Um, yeah. Not just. Everything hurts and I'm dying and there's a child growing in me, probably more so to the level of how dare you do this to me is my guess. I, I mean, I feel like even the first part's justified. Yeah, I'm I'm speculating 100% here as well. Yeah. Like this is the way I read it. Um, so after the birth of their second child, Alexander Tyler Smith, Susan and David. Sounds like a movie uh, star. He really does. Alexander Tyler Smith. Right. <laughs> Like an action uh, star. I could see that. <laughs> Anywho. So so after the action star Alex Tyler Smith was born, <laughs> uh, Susan and David once again separated. And uh, all accounts kind of pointed to, like, they really realized they they just weren't really meant to be. Like, they hadn't gone for a divorce yet, but they were, like, solidly separated. Maybe they could have sorted that out before baby number two. You would think, but eh, some people take longer. Um. But everyone around them, despite their relationship issues, like, 100% continued to say, like, they are good and caring parents. Like, doesn't matter what issues they're having, they care about the kids. I don't like how you keep reinforcing that <laughs> fact. <laughs> That's I'm sorry. Just bad foreshadowing. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, the fact that you keep apologizing for it's not making me feel better here. Uh, so... Post-separation, um, Susan, with good reason, didn't want to work at the Winn-Dixie any longer, like, partially because David was there, don't really want to look at your separated, estranged husband every day, and also, Susan and David had made some poor dating choices as they were having what? their affairs, no. and most of them were co-workers. I'm shocked. So, Truly shocked. So, <laughs> yeah. Nothing like having to look your choices in the face every day. Uh. Sounds like a bad life choice. Um, also, so how is that the, awkward just at this point and not like at any point before now? Now is where they're like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I gotta I gotta go elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but it would have been much more awkward to me 100% of the time. So Yeah. I, I don't know. Don't um, fish in the company pond. Just, just try not to. It's just better not to. But. Susan went and found herself a new job as a bookkeeper at the largest employer in Union, uh, which was Conso Products. And again, driven smart cookie. Within two years, she had been promoted to the executive secretary of the president and CEO, J. Carrie Findlay. So, okay. equivalent of an executive assistant to the CEO. Yeah. out a girl. Yeah. You're going to okay, say something so. I don't like, aren't you? Yes. 
I'm sorry. Uh, Everything I'm going to say, you are not going to like 100% of it. Carry on. Okay, so remember, Susan really likes fancy things and wealthy people. Like, she likes to have nice things. Being the executive secretary to the CEO was exactly the kind of job that actually allowed her to engage in the lifestyle she preferred. And it also got her closer to the CEO's son, Tom Findlay, who was one of the most eligible bachelors in the area. Of course. Yep. So January 1994, Susan and Tom started dating. But their tryst was interrupted by one final attempt at reconciliation between David and Susan. Why? Okay, come Uh, on, girl. (laughs) like just stop um but the reunion between david and susan only lasted a few months and by september susan had asked david for a divorce and she was back to dating and planning her future life with tom i was gonna say yeah she finally asked for a divorce because she wants to remarry Mm -hmm. is she gonna go the same route as her mom and get married like a few months later you'll see okay oh god okay does david live You'll see. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not going to give you hints. Uh, Okay. October 17th, 1994. Tom pulled a fucking shit move. Okay. I mean. He hmm. sent Susan a Dear John letter. Oh. Explaining why he wanted to end their relationship. Oh. Okay. So Susan's entire imaginary future (laughs) came crashing in around her ears and the man she had planned to spend her life with didn't have the decency to tell her over a cup of fucking coffee and just let her cry about it. So, you know that... Have you seen that video of when they give the raccoon the piece of candy, the cotton candy, and it goes to wash it, oh, and it just dissolves yes. and goes oh, away? yes! <laughs> I feel like that's Susan at this point. Just She goes to wash her cotton candy, and it just vanishes. And, and then she's looking down in a panic at the empty water... Going, where'd my fucking candy go? <laughs> that is 100% what is happening with Susan right now. Oh. Do, do you want to hear a few highlights from the Dear John letter? Because I have the Dear John letter. I mean, if you want to read the whole letter, I'm also down I'm for that. not going to read the whole letter because it's actually quite long. Tom was uh, efficient. <clears throat> he decided to type it instead of handwrite it. So he had Ooh. the space. Okay. I yep. know, right? That, D- that right there says impersonal. it's going to be a long one. Yeah, so we'll just do highlights. Okay, fair. And we can link to one of my sources has the full letter. I'm so curious about the full letter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, highlights number one. You will without a doubt make some lucky man a great wife, but unfortunately, it won't be me. <laughs> okay. Numero two. Susan, I could really fall for you. You have some endearing qualities about you, and I think you're a terrific person. But, like... I have told you before, there are some things about you that aren't suited for me. And yes, I am speaking about your children. Oh. Oh, no. Tom didn't want the responsibility of caring for another man's kids. I mean, okay, that's a thing, but I'm just imagining the foreshadowing now. And Three. Uh, <laughs> dear. Our backgrounds are too different. And here I just have to have a minor rant. The next two have minor rants for me, and that's part of why I'm not going to read the whole letter because I, I wanted to rant. Uh, okay, Mr. Privilege. Check yourself, because just because you were born rich doesn't mean you have to marry rich, too. It's not a cross-species fucking connection. It's not how it works. No. At all. Dick. Ugh. Douchebag. Okay. Number four. 
if you want to catch a nice guy like me one day, you have to <sighs> act like a nice girl. And you know nice girls don't sleep with married men. I say, that depends on the parameters of the marriage that the man is in and what he and his partner have agreed to. But I take from context this probably wasn't an open marriage where Susan was making out with some married man. Uh, but, like, <clears throat> judgy. Fucking judgy, Tom. I don't like it. Judgy. Yeah. Again. You don't actually sound that nice. What a dick. Most nice guys that say they're nice aren't really that nice. Yeah. Okay. So, October 25th, 1994. The foreshadowing is so strong. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Stop apologizing. It's making it worse. Susan had spent the entire day obsessing over the letter from Tom. Yeah, I can Uh, see that. She was still working for his dad and, like, things were just going to hell. So she asked to leave early, but before she did, she went to Tom and tried to, like, do one last plea for please don't be serious about this letter. But she went around about it, like, the really wrong way. Oh, no. So. Really? I would never guess that she would make a bad (laughs) choice in her life at this point. Ugh. So what Susan went with was walking into Tom's office and going, if you don't stay with me, I will reveal the truth about, well, sorry, back up. First, I was molested and I'm still being molested by my stepfather. That one first. Number two. Wait, I'm sorry. That's still going on at this point? Still going on, supposedly. How? I am unsure at this point. At this point, like, if it's... She has to be, or if it's just so ingrained that, like, but like, there has to be, like, they're not living together anymore. The access is harder. Yep. Okay. Once you're programmed from childhood, like, I don't know. Um, Still. So one, she she walks in and throws that one on the table for Tom to try and like (laughs) get some sympathy. When that doesn't work, she then goes, "Okay, well, I also had sex with your dad, and I'll tell people about that if you don't stay with me." Oh dear. Okay. Yeah, so while she was dating Tom, it turns out she was maintaining relations, like, relations with David, Tom, Tom's father, and still having very confusing, I'm going to keep calling it molestation because I don't want to call it sexual relations with her stepfather. Like, I feel like there's too much programming there that I'm not willing to call it sexual relations. Like, that's not what that is. Yeah, okay. Um, So all of this is going on while she's dating Tom. So Tom obviously goes... Get the fuck out of my office. We are never going to be together. Correct, Paul Tom. Yeah. Like, to all credit, on his final point, much as he was judgy, Susan wasn't a very nice girl, it seems like. Like, she had... Yeah. Shit. Um, Like, there's baggage, and then there's baggage. Yeah, there is. Okay, so after her poor attempt at confronting tom to get him to be with her yeah um she left work early and later around 8 p.m she excuse me took her kids michael and alex and put them into their car seats and they went for a drive oh no so the same night shirley and rick mcleod opened their door to an absolutely hysteric susan she had been carjacked this is her story she'd been carjacked by a black man while stopped at a red light He had jumped in the car and told her to drive, and after driving for a few miles, he had her stop the car, get out, and when she asked if she could get her children, he said no. There was no time for her to take the kids. Her children had been abducted, 
and Susan supposedly could hear them crying for her as he drove away. Susan. Susan. Wait. Mm. So for nine days, the police followed up on Susan's abduction story. David went to be by Susan's side. He believed every word of her story and was like 100% focused on having his children return safely. They did press interviews. It went fully national. Um, David and Susan were like making pleas after pleas for the boy's safe return. Their family was there. They ended up getting a family spokesperson because they were having trouble emotionally handling the interviews. They like, and not a shred of evidence has been found. They can't find the car. They cannot find the kids. They cannot find the suspect. They can't even get close. They have support from multiple sources. Like the black community reached out because they wanted to make sure that everyone was getting the information they needed because probably they wanted to make sure there wasn't going to be a false arrest of some kind. Okay, that though. Standard. Can we please stop using scapegoats for people right? of color? Like, yep. Yeah. <sighs> Like, how about, also, uh, we had a different story a while back that was homeless. And, yes. like, let's not just blame yeah. transient people. Like, that's not cool. Like. You're just going to get innocent people hurt. Right. Like, just um, just don't be shitty in general. I feel like that should just be a, a life rule, a good tenant to hold yourself to. Yeah. Ugh. Susan uh, clearly doesn't, but, yeah. So. While David believed everything that Susan said, and he was just very worried about getting his boys back, he loved his kids and he wanted to have them come back. Okay, we're going to rephrase they are good parents to David was a good parent. David David loved his children. Susan, I'm not ever getting the vibe out of that for her. So Susan, unbeknownst to Susan, while the police were following up on her story... They were also running a parallel investigation because her story didn't make fucking sense. What? Shocker. Nothing she said made sense. Although you would think if she can keep all these relationships like in a line, she could come up with a decent like corroborative story. You'd think. You would think. But apparently, like many things, she's not good at that. Yeah. Uh, So items that didn't make sense because they cataloged them. One. (laughs) Why would a carjacker take a Mazda? There's nothing wrong with Mazdas. But if you're a carjacker, you're going to be going looking for an expensive (laughs) car because you're trying to sell it. Yeah. Uh, But it depends. Unless they're just trying to get away, then any functioning car will do. Well, but normally if you're a carjacker, you're trying to get a car to then sell versus someone who's trying to steal a getaway car when you take whatever. Yeah, fair. Fair point. Um, Two... Why wouldn't the carjacker have asked for money or tried to make sexual demands of Susan as an adult female? Apparently, these are normal reported demands of carjackings, which is horrifying. Yep. Lock your doors. Um, So Susan's purse was like at his feet in the footwell. He didn't go for it. Susan was there. He had her at gunpoint, supposedly. He didn't try anything. Also, like, that's just such a weird concept to put your purse under your feet. I mean, in the guest footwell. Oh, okay. Yeah, guest footwell. I was like, why would you put Um, it on the driver's side? That is a terrible life choice. Oh, that would be very bad. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so number three. Why in the world would a carjacker take the kids? So, like, most carjackers statistically will abandon the car with the kids. Right. Like, 
just ditch like oh this car has kids in it i'm out of here right because otherwise you're going to have a huge <clears throat> offense against you for taking kids people take the abduction of children very seriously it yeah. is just a systemic societal thing yeah that is a program thing into humankind as you protect your young yep so people will not fuck with the fact that there are children in the backseat yeah any actual carjacker would have let her get the kids right okay number four so the red light that Susan had identified was actually programmed to only turn red if another car came up on the cross street. So for this story to have worked, there would have had to be a witness. And yeah. Susan insisted there was no witness. Hmm. So Interesting. they start they started unraveling Susan's story a little bit. Like they <clears throat> like they, the police were just very confused. These things did not line up. They I feel like they didn't have to her, work like, hard to unravel it. Like, kind of like you pull the slip knot and it starts to... <laughs> it really didn't take a huge amount. So, like, one of the things they did when they brought up the red light was, well, maybe it actually happened somewhere else. Can you tell us where else it happened? And so Susan went, oh, you're right. It was somewhere else. It was here. And the police immediately go, oh, it couldn't have been there. There was a uh, drug raid on that road. We had a police block there that night. And... They didn't, but it doesn't matter. They just were trying to see if Susan would fall into the trap. Right. Which she did. did. She then named a different place. Like, it's obviously not... It's very inconsistent. Story keeps changing. So, on top of all of this weird shit, Susan was behaving very strangely. Nothing like a desperate mother. So, they did all these interviews, right? And there is a lot of video footage and, like... A lot of my information is coming from the How It Really Happened because yeah. there's a two-parter series and it's fantastic. But you see the video footage and, like, she's crying with deep, racking sobs, but there are no tears. Like, there is there is no moisture coming out of her face, period. Mm. And she can still consistently speak. Like, it's... Crocodile tears. It's not like tears. she's crying backwards. 100% crocodile tears. Uh, she would be worried over how she appeared on camera. Like, she cared about her appearance. And most of the time, David was present for all of her interviews with the police. And when David was there, she would be crying the crocodile tears. But the moment he left, she would supposedly turn to the police officers and say, okay, let's get back to it. Just like matter of fact, <laughs> complete emotion switch. Okay. It's a little it even creepy. Got to the, oh, it, it gets worse. It even got to the point where she was kind of hitting on the officers a little bit. Just like, oh, oh. you look good for a 44-year-old. Susan. Susan, no. Susan. Or, like, asking questions about, like, oh, is Tom watching? Susan. Susan. Red flag. So, as I mentioned, both Susan and David were interviewed, and both were actually holographed <clears throat> by the police. So, David passed with flying colors. Like, main question that was really driven home was, like, hey, do you know where your children are? David had no idea based on every indicator. Yeah. Susan was polygraphed multiple times. Sounds about right. Susan failed every single time. Shocker. Particularly on the question when they asked if she knew where her children were. So November 3rd, 1994, <clears throat> Susan and David appeared on CBS this morning, and David like vocally supported Susan's story wholeheartedly on national television. Afterwards, Susan went and met with Sheriff Wells of the Union South Carolina Police Department, and... She had another interview with him, and she was immediately confronted with, like, the blunt truth. Like, hey, the police don't believe that you're telling the entire truth. David wasn't there for this interview. 
David was no shield for her in this interview. Mm. So Sheriff Wells took the time to lay out all of the discrepancies that we talked about, and <coughs> Susan, exhausted from keeping up appearances, finally confessed. She did know where her children were. Oh, why do I feel like it's not a good... Because it's real bad. Of course it is. I try to write foreshadowing in, and you pick off on it immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Shocker, I'm real good at waving the bullshit flag. (laughs) Yep, just like, nope. (laughs) I don't have a white peace flag. It's just bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, do you want to hear what actually happened? I already am imagining worst case scenario, so yes. So, Susan had taken the boys out for a drive the night of October 25th, 1994, but it wasn't at 8 p.m., it was closer to 6 p.m., because a neighbor had seen them drive away. (coughs) Susan, distraught at the rejection of Tom, had driven to John D. Long Lake, supposedly with the intent of driving into the lake to commit suicide, but as she drove down the slope towards the lake, she had a change of heart, and instead, she exited the the car. Exited the car, released the emergency brake, <laughs> leaving her kids in their car seats as the Mazda rolled into the lake. Uh, yeah, nope, that's pretty much what I imagined happened. So Susan actually had the gall to, as she was like being arrested uh, and everything, so she, <laughs> rolling back. Susan got arrested and indicted for the murders of Michael Daniel Smith and Alexander Tyler Smith. And Susan had the absolute gall to send David an apology letter for murdering his children. But... David, again, kind-hearted, like, the entire time I was watching his interviews on that, how did the, how it really happened stuff, like, I'm just sitting there going, wow, you were a nice person. Wow, you were a really fucking nice person. Oh, my God, Mm. you're too nice for Susan. Um, He, like, immediately went, like, okay, she's apologizing. She is saying that she was in a very bad mental state of mind. Like, okay, maybe there's room for sympathy. But more and more details came out about how the boys died. David had made the assumption that she had perhaps killed the boys before sending them down into the lake. No. Yeah, she didn't do that. Yeah, you and I both know she didn't do that. She didn't do that. Uh, So David's sympathy for Susan's demented state of mind basically just turned to absolute petrified horror because the boys were definitely... Well, okay, we'll get into it. So Yeah, she basically trapped him in there to drown. She, in their car seats. Did. In their car seats. Yeah. And they never mind, would have escaped. Well, and keep in mind, the boys were three years old yeah. and 14 months old. Again, they never would have escaped. There was no chance. Like, they were just poor babies. Literally babies. Literal babies. Yeah. Okay. So when police recovered the car from the lake, they also found all of Susan's mementos of her marriage to David. Okay. So, basically, she was just like, hey, I'm going to go commit suicide in this car in this lake. But she took the time to strap in her kids, get everything that represented her in David's marriage, other than David himself, and put it in the car as well. Yeah, I'm getting the suspicion that she never actually intended to commit suicide herself. She still maintains that she did, but Mm. to me, it 1000% sounds like she was symbolically, like she committed suicide, but of her old life, not herself. She was symbolically symbolically erasing her entire old life, excluding only David, and an autopsy of the boys proved they were both still alive when their heads were submerged underwater. When they actually found the car, and I'm very sorry for this, 
they found the boys hanging from their car seats and one of them had his hands pressed against a window and the other one had kicked his shoes off. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. It was, mm. it was really, really horrible. Um, that is The police did ugh. a reenactment of sinking a car oh, to try okay. and show how long it would have taken to disprove the def- like potential defense of, well, I was in a suicidal state of mind. Right. It would have taken about six minutes for the car to become fully submerged. And the police found the car because Susan told the police the exact distance the car had floated out to before it sank. So she had to have stood and watched as her baby sank, screaming to their death like a fucking monster. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Monster is a fairly, fairly accurate and also gentle term for what I would call her. Yeah. Uh, So... Yeah. Mm. Why do I feel like it's going to get worse again? It's not. Oh, okay. Oof. That's basically the worst of it. The baby's dying is the worst of it. So That's, like, that's pretty bad. It's very fucking bad. It's very fucking bad. Uh, okay, so from here we moved on to her trial. So she was indicted. She tried yep. to do an apology letter to yep. David. Didn't fucking work because she's a piece of shit. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. I mean... Yeah, David David has every right to be very upset about that. And I'm very curious to know how her mom and not really the stepdad, but at least how her mom handled it. I don't have any answers to that, but I have other answers. But okay. before we get there, okay. So ultimately, um it went to trial and David actually argued well, argued <laughs> argued very strongly, which is where I think I got argued from, I don't know, argued very strongly in favor of the death penalty against Susan. I mean, so, that's that's fair, honestly. It is. So, like, as he put it, she deserved to die for the tragic and unmerciful manner in which she killed Michael and Alex, yeah. letting them drown in the dark, cold lake. Like, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, if I was you, that is exactly what I would be going for. Yeah. Yep, I get it. So, between... David's testimony and all of the other evidence that was provided against Susan, and Susan never took the stand, which probably for the best, but yeah. I would have taken even last time. Uh, the jury took only two and a half hours to reach a verdict of guilty of two counts of murder. I mean, I'm surprised it took him that long, but fair. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so Susan was ultimately spared the death penalty mm. because, and this is again speculation, it's thought that perhaps the jury wanted her to have to think about what she had done every day. So instead, yeah. she was sentenced to 30 years in prison with the potential for parole in 2024. Oh, see, for those kind up. of cases, I so strongly disagree with the ability to parole. Yep. So I strongly. I agree with you. Um, so November 6th, 1994... Michael and Alex were both buried together in Bogensville United Methodist Church Cemetery next to David's brother, Daniel Smith, their uncle. Yep. So, little family plot. <clears throat> and uh, David has actually since remarried and had two children with his now wife. And his children now are aware of their older brothers and what happened. And Oof. at least from what I could find, they all seem like a very happy family. I mean, I would, I would hope so for his sake at this point. Like... The this dude deserves nice. a win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Susan deserves no wins, but... Susan, on the other hand. <laughs> so, I have a few reports of her in prison. I hope they're terrible. In 2000, 
Susan was disciplined for having sex with a prison guard, Houston Cagle. Houston pled guilty and spent three months in jail. In 2001, prison captain Alfred Rowe also pled guilty to having sex with Susan and was sentenced to five years probation. What is this woman's vagina made of? I, right? Like, I don't, I. Is she, like, is she just, like, drop dead gorgeous? Also, like, was it consensual? Did you force it on her? Like, was this prison rape? I need to know. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't find it. Mm. Uh, So, like, just for so many reasons, very upsetting, those two reports. Um, In both 2010 and 2015, Susan was disciplined for drug charges in prison. And even though she had two drug charges in prison, she took the time to write a letter. I am not the monster society thinks I am. I am far from it. Oh, really? And a second, something went very wrong that night. I was not myself. I was a good mother and I loved my boys, but there was no motive as it was not even a planned event. I was not in my right mind. I I mean, I agree you weren't in your right mind. I don't know if Susan was ever in her right mind. I'm not so sure she was, really. Uh, Yeah, so she's currently trying to behave very well. Because she's coming up on her potential for parole, and she's aware that she has very poor public image. Yeah, I I would hope so. And mm. yeah, again, so even that, the fact that she can parole, like petition for parole, makes me angry. I I disagree with it. Yeah, uh, but I am not a practitioner of the law. Nope, nope. I just have opinions. <laughs> I got a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, so that Ugh. that would be the story of Susan Smith and how she killed her children, Michael and Alex Smith. You know, and I've seen like that. I don't want to say stereotype, but that kind of thing like portrayed umpteen times in the media. Mm-hmm. Didn't ever know that was. I mean, I know it had to be an actual case, but never the details of it. Well, and I always kind of wonder a little bit, like, okay, yes, early nineties. Mother who doesn't really want to be a mother. She had obviously had an abortion before. Why couldn't she have just gotten an abortion when her and David got pregnant the first time? That was choice, obviously. Yeah. Or even the um, second. Or or the second, like, options. Yeah. Two, you don't want to have kids and your boyfriend doesn't want you to have kids? David clearly wanted the kids. Why not just give him full custody? Right. Because, I mean, I have to wonder if she really thought... That if the boys weren't in the picture, that Tom would take her back. I mean, I think he pretty clearly said no one way or another. Right. But just like that level of disturbed mental state, you have to be like, but did you really think that that would fix it all? Because that there would be no question of, hey, you said this terrible thing happened to your kids. They never found them. Yeah, that's fine. Let's just get married. Becoming the human equivalent of a hamster that eats their young is not yeah. very uh, attractive to anyone. No, I imagine that that would have been listed quite strongly on his Dear John letter if he had known yeah. that was going to happen. Well, what's interesting is that most people actually claim that that's like why she did it is that she oh, I'm got sure. that Dear John letter and like made her snap. Yeah, I'm sure that but... played quite a strong role in it, but... You know, there's better ways to handle a breakup, Susan. There's so many. So many better ways. Like, maybe some self-improvement. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. She had shit in her life, but babies don't deserve to be murdered. Yeah. And also, just because bad things have happened to you does not, you know, 
excuse you doing bad things. Yeah. It is a factor. It is not an excuse. Yes. <sighs> and frankly, the ability not to kill our young and choosing not to kill our young is one of the things that makes people think that we're, like, separates humanity from animalistic most of the time. Like, again, don't be a hamster that eats your babies. Right? Just don't. Don't. <sighs> Susan. You're right. I did not like that story. Because it's a really bad story. It is a really I'm bad sorry. story. Susan is also a really bad person. Yeah, she's uh, she is not on my good list of any sort. No, no. You want some puns? I, I need some puns. Let's do some puns. Like, it's, it's not the same... Well, it's the same level of depressing in a different way from the Ruthie Last McCoy piece. one. But... Yeah. Mm. Yes, puns are needed. Uh, what's really fast, really loud, and tastes good with salsa? I, I, a, a rocket chip. <laughs> uh, God, I miss chips and salsa. Mm, chips and salsa. Why are you missing them? Buy them. Yeah, I just haven't bought them. <laughs> That's why. Uh, what did the cupcake say to the frosting? I don't know. I'd be muffin without you. Nah. Also... Do you, people either think it's very weird or very clever. Do you just, like, if you eat cupcakes, do you separate the top and bottom and make a frosting sandwich? I don't, but mostly because I'm not a big frosting person. I'm not I either. I usually scrape the frosting off. <laughs> I'm not either, but if I have to, like, that's that's how I eat cupcakes is I take it in half and make it like a frosting ice cream sandwich. I might have to try that next time because maybe that would make it better. It does make the frosting better because then you get a better ratio of cakey to disgusting sweet yeah i just can't do the giant mouth of frosting yeah with you there okay uh what's a writing utensil's favorite state favorite pennsylvania state. <laughs> that's a good one what do you call a knight who hates fighting i don't know sir render ah. <laughs> that one's good <laughs> how much money does a pirate pay for corn I have no idea. A buccaneer. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> also, we're, we must be in sync. I was looking at a pirate one as well. Oh. Uh, why do pirates make such good singers? I don't know. Because they hit the high seas. I thought it was going to be something about sea shanties. That works, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which superhero is the best at baseball? I don't know. Batman! Oh, <laughs> 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 Do you know where T-Rex's shop? No. Dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, I have a T-Rex one, too. <laughs> what sound does a sleeping T-Rex make? I have no idea. A dino snore. <laughs> <laughs> I love T-Rexes. They're so fun. You know, I'm really great friends with 25 <clears throat> letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. <laughs> Poor Why? <laughs> Did you hear a joke about the little mountain? It's hilarious. <laughs> Did you hear about the man who sued an airline company after it lost its luggage? No. Yeah, sadly he lost his case. Oh. <laughs> Do you ever wonder if we're repeating any of these? I'm sure we are. You know, I don't think we have yet, but whatever. Man. They're still funny. Oh my god, Stasia, there's a master class for puns. What? I feel like that's something we should not take. I feel like that's something we should absolutely take. Uh, <laughs> and we watched our listeners drop to just one. 
Just Katie. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just Katie. <laughs> I sent you the link. Oh. Oh, dear. Okay. This is from the list 40 amazingly funny bad puns to share with your kids. Oh. And 40 pun funny puns for kids in 2021. Oh, my goodness. Don't know. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. <laughs> uh, I love book puns. Oh, this is probably what Susan thinks of herself. How did the picture end up in jail? Mm. It was framed. Ugh. Ugh. Susan. Ugh. Ooh, that was my hip. I heard that. That was Ooh. that was noisy. Oh, that was, that was a loud one. <clears throat> you really shouldn't be intimidated by advanced math. It's easy as pie. <laughs> I'm still intimidated <laughs> by advanced math. Uh, I actually prefer advanced math to uh, simple math, strangely enough. Yeah, it depends. Depends. <laughs> Do you know why the tomato blushed? Why? It saw the salad dressing. Nee! <laughs> uh, what was the one thing the cross-eyed teacher couldn't control? His pupils. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, but funny. <laughs> uh, Do you know what a lawyer always wears to court? No. A good lawsuit. <laughs> ah, suit. <laughs> you gotta have a power suit, you know. Oh, dear. Why was the baby <clears throat> ant confused? I have no idea. Because all his uncles were ants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I oh like dear. that one. Oh, dear. Oh. We dressed up as almonds for Halloween. Everyone thought we were nuts. <clears throat> I'm trying to find one more. <clears throat> Does your iPad ever make you sleepy? No. There's a nap for that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Do you have any other puns? No, I think that's it. Okay, then that's all for this week. Thanks for listening and check back next Sunday for another episode. If you need some extra spookies, check out our mini stories at waittopanic.com. And as always, if you have a story to share, send us an email at waittopanicpodcast at gmail.com. Make good choices and remember, wait, wait to, to panic. panic.